0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Imagine life in Chicago after COVID-19. I mean, some people think that we're already living in it, but try thinking as far as 2098.
1: As one variant followed another, year after year, the virus exhausted every system designed to stop it. The federal government collapsed. Supply lines broke. Networks that had taken generations to build, such as the internet, crumbled.
0: But there's more than just COVID in our future. There's also celebration, a golden age. The annual New Year's Day celebration. Friends and chosen family, there will be joy in spite of everything. What you've been hearing are clips from a new audio drama called Lake Song. It explores the successes and challenges a pair of Southside siblings face after a shocking death shakes the city. To learn more, we are joined by Jeremy McCarter, executive producer of Lake Song and the founder of Make Believe Association. Welcome back, Jeremy. Glad to be here. And Laura Alcala Baker, co-creator, casting director and line producer for Lake Song. So good to have you in studio.
2: Thank you so much for having us.
0: Jeremy, first off, an audio drama? Why did you choose audio as the the medium for this project, as opposed to film?
1: Well, I don't need to tell you this. Audio is the most fun you can have in media. I I'm mean, biased. obviously, right? <laughs> tell them, not me. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, my background is in the theater, uh, but I've always loved the old radio plays. And, and even when something's on stage, what I love the best about it is you get to engage your imagination. And since the podcast boom started, what, about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it just feels like audio is the is the sandbox where you can have the most fun these days, particularly when you want to try something that is gigantic and ambitious. Uh, and Lake Song is certainly that.
0: Speaking of gigantic and ambitious, I'll, I'll give you the job, Laura, of explaining to us more about what the story is about.
2: Oh my gosh, it's well, I'll tell you what, it's epic. We really went for gold there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the story of a future Chicago, one of radical radical imagination. You know, we we really wanted to to dream up. Um, what would be after, which may be maybe a, a a painful future before a promising one. And that meant a lot to the co creators to to imagine how something fruitful, something beautiful could come from all of this, that we could see a Republic of Chicago um really reimagine itself through the people, through community and through investment in that.
0: And you all cooked this up in like twenty twenty, I hear. Yeah.
1: It started in 2020, and the cooking has been going on ever since. Um, <laughs> You're still in the kitchen. Yeah, we've been in the kitchen for two and a half years now. Wow. We, yeah, it's very cozy. Must me tired. It's we still crazy. are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but no, it started, actually, it started, this, this is true, it started in no small part because of WBEZ. Um, Natalie Moore and I uh, uh, had written an audio, dra- a, a docudrama mm-hmm. that WBEZ aired in 2019 uh, about the Chicago race riot a century earlier. And in 2020, uh, Make Believe Association was all set to go with its 2020 season. And literally the night before the first rehearsal for their first project that was supposed to be directed by Laura, I recall, we had to cancel it. Because that's the day, March 12th, 2020, when Ah. everything shut down. And for the next couple months, we had to figure out what's the point of this company if it doesn't look like there's a way for us to make something. And then the whole world changed when people took to the streets that summer demanding justice. Yeah. So then what are we in the business of doing? And uh, and that summer is when WBEZ re-aired City on Fire, that docudrama from a century ago. Yeah. And and it was a light bulb moment. I just realized, oh, that's we actually know how to do this. We can respond to what the city is giving us. We just have to find a way to do it now that the world has changed mm-hmm. and we have to find. We sometimes joke that the motto of make-believe association is, but is there a harder way to do it?
0: <laughs> because you seem to find the most complicated
1: yeah, way to get there. We are diligent about finding harder ways to do it, but we just feel like we're a nonprofit. Every dime that has gone into everything that we've done has been donated by a foundation or an individual and I think the implicit reason they do it is because they want to see us taking big swings. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, for centuries, uh, Lake Michigan, right? It's been Chicago's link to the wider world. Mm-hmm. I also come from a city that is connected to a great lake, too. I'm talking about Toronto right. and Lake Ontario, of course. But since moving here, I feel like it's different, mm-hmm. right? Talk more, Jeremy, about this city's relationship with the lake.
1: Sure. Uh, I mean, the you know, there are the the big that sort of headline moments that we all love to tell our friends about when they come to visit, about how, you know, we had to turn the river around to protect the lake. Um, for us, you know, I live in Edgewater. It's right there. It's always there sort of on the edge of everyone's consciousness. Um, but for us, it felt like the lake is so vast and so present it can become a metaphor for something um, because we all have a relationship to it. And yeah. the specific way that, that the, we decided to use the lake, back in the summer of 2020, you might recall, it rained a whole lot and the lake got really high. And there were these climate models that showed that that might be the new norm. By the end of the century, I mean, the, no one's entirely sure, but one model says uh, that as the rest of the world is going to keep getting drier and drier, Lake Michigan might get higher and higher because it might get warmer and wetter here. Yeah. So we put those two things together and that gave us the backdrop for our series, where as we imagine the 2090s, um, for a number of reasons.
0: Sounds so weird hearing you say that, the 2090s. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: two and a half years, it still sounds weird to me too. Yeah. Uh, but what we decided is that the lake would get so high and life in Chicago would get so exciting for various reasons that um, the independent Republic of Chicago is actually more like Venice than it is like mm-hmm. the current day Chicago, where it becomes a city of canals. The city yeah. has found a different way to coexist with this gigantic body of fresh water and people are getting around on their boats.
0: Very interesting. Uh, Laura, the the story follows um, two siblings, as I mentioned, in the, the south side of this Republic of Chicago. Why would you choose to set the story on the south side?
2: I mean, that in so many ways is the heart of Chicago, right? We've had a great migration. We have many great migra- migrations, many intersections living on the south side, on the west sides, pushed out, away from the lake, in fact. Mm-hmm. And so centering those communities, those people felt the most important in what we were doing. Um, we've been working with an intersectional co-creator <laughs> cohort um, and cast for that matter, just such a wealth of talent coming from Chicago, you know, and and that meant that that connection was really strong. And we knew no other way to be.
0: So we've got an all Chicago cast here. You betcha. <laughs> Which right. makes perfect sense.
1: Which, which, Although it's funny, it doesn't happen as often as you'd think. There are plenty of productions that, even though they're set here and they're about here, are flying folks in from the coast. And I actually give Laura a lot of credit for that. Laura was the casting director for the project, and she had the challenge of finding these beautiful humans who tell this story.
2: How'd you go about it, Laura? Oh, man, I've been um, connected to the theater community for about 10 years now, and and there is a continuous sort of migration of talent coming to this city because this is where stuff is born. That's why I came here. I came here to tell stories of a new canon where stuff is born and Mm -hmm. I find that over and over again we're creating those new stories to create that new canon and people want to be a part of that. So this talent, whether they're born here or whether they come here, they're seeking something in those Chicago stories and geez, I mean, I just come across them constantly. We've got Sidney Charles, we've got Marcus Moore, we've got uh, oh, my gosh. Lillian, this young woman who's just starting out in her career, got her break in what some ways. What a great project to start with. I'll
1: yeah. say. I mean, we feel very blessed. She was nine years old when she recorded. She was, And she told us after she had crushed it and done beautiful work mm-hmm. that she'd never done this before. She'd never been uh, in a studio, never done a voiceover gig, and now she's on the road uh, in a touring company of a Broadway musical. Yeah. So, uh, so we're very proud yeah. of the fact that we can uh, – we can say that we helped her get her start.
0: Yeah. Brand this new is and
2: veterans. So awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. If you are just tuning in, we're talking about a new audio drama that's filled with music, politics, plenty of sci fi. It's called Lake Song, and we're talking with some of the creators of the drama, executive producer Jeremy McCarter and co creator and casting director and line producer Laura Alcala Baker. So in that clip that we played earlier in the intro, the narrator mentioned friends and chosen family. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about how that sentiment is felt throughout the drama?
2: Yeah. I mean, so often we find ourselves in chosen family because it is the space where we get to be ourselves, where we get to be surrounded by the people who make our our best and fullest selves. And that's what we find here, that... You know, we may say that blood is thicker than water, but not in this case, right? Water yeah. is, the, is everywhere in this play and in Chicago. And it's important to recognize that, that we find ourselves in others and we see that in one another. We trust through that. And that's what we hope to do by including Chosen Family.
0: We mentioned um, some of the newbies when we talked about the the casting. But, I mean, did everyone in general have experience working with audio?
1: I think it was probably new to a few people, but then we had some folks who had more experience probably in front of microphones than the rest of us combined. Um, In a project during season one, we had the great uh, opportunity to work with Billy Branch, a Chicago blues legend uh, recently inducted to the uh, Blues Hall of Fame, who it turned out had been wanting to act for decades. And we loved the guy. And as we were brainstorming on these Zoom calls starting in July of 2020, well, what's the future of Chicago? What's it going to look like? What will people do? What will it sound like? Yeah. We just realized, well, Chicago is going to sound like Chicago. It may be 70 or 80 years from now, but the blues is still going to be this sort of the spine of the musical life of the city. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. And like, well, we're just going to write Billy into this then. So we created a character for Billy Branch to play. Uh, And so now if you listen to Lake Song, you get him acting with his 22 castmates and then you occasionally get him playing, uh, you know, at no extra charge.
0: (laughs) Well, we joked earlier about the cooks in the kitchen reference. Right. Did it ever feel like too many cooks in the kitchen, Laura? Like, why did you want the actors to be involved in the process in this way?
2: Because they're the experts on the character. Every time, whatever we put to the page, whatever words we we have those characters say, they elevate that every single time. And it seems like a great disservice to the talents, yeah. to these people who have such an understanding of the human condition, to leave them out of that conversation. Because they have so much to offer to the narrative through their character's perspective. So we're yeah. internally grateful to them for that. Yeah.
1: Like every single contribution that came in was welcome because it either we used it or it helped us get to the next one. Yeah. And, you know, and that and that's from the the genesis of the project was not, uh, you know, here's the story we're going to tell. The genesis of the project was the our city has just changed. We know that we can make this if we work together. Now let's figure out what the story ought to be.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, as, as we mentioned, this is taking place well into the future but for some reason when I was listening to it I couldn't help but hear glimpses of the past like Mm -hmm. the distant past I was hearing it in some of the music the the styles of of singing even Mm -hmm. Um, some of the audio clips that you used within the audio drama was that intentional or am I just nuts
1: oh it's a hundred percent intentional I mean I mean Look, all science fiction is about. I was like,
0: is this twenty ninety eight or eighteen ninety
1: eight? It's but twenty ninety eight will be eighteen ninety eight in oh some respects, gosh. right? Yeah. I mean, that's the you know the, the history isn't a light switch. Uh, twenty ninety eight will have the the legacy of twenty twenty and and nineteen nineteen mm-hmm. and yeah. eighteen ninety eight and. Part of what we, the, the dreaming that we had to do together is not just, okay, all of us in the summer of 2020 are gonna imagine life in 2098. To get there, mm-hmm. we had to write a future history for the city mm-hmm. that has, as the clip showed, some tough moments uh, coming, yeah. we figure. But before that, you know, the impulse to go to the future came from Natalie Moore and came from Sydney Charles, who, when I pitched them this idea in the summer of 2020, instantly had identical reactions. They both said, yes, we should get together and try to dream up a story and we should set it in the future. Because if we set it in the future, then we could give people a sense of hope. Mm-hmm. And so as we're dreaming this future where you know there are challenges and everything else, we also chart a way that the activism, the energy of people trying to make this city better right now in the 2020s, that works. By the 2040s, by the 2050s, this city has a golden age in the future history that we've written for it. So part of what happens in 2098 is you have the elders in the community trying to remind everybody we can look out for each other. We have done this. I love that. It's in our history.
0: Was it cathartic to to write about a a (laughs) (laughs) post-COVID-59, you know, while living in COVID-19?
1: It was... The The process of writing was intensely cathartic. So we had the seven of us, the seven co-creators, Laura and I were two of them, Natalie, Sydney, Christina Vallada Nate Marshall, and the freshly minted Tony Award-winning sound designer, Mikhail Fixel. The seven of us dreamed up this story together, starting in the summer of 2020, and then five of us went away to write it in most of 2021. And now that it's done, you know, it's always, you say, you know, the production, you're just looking at what's three weeks ahead. But yeah. Now that it's done and... Uh, It's it was accepted by the Tribeca Festival. It was, you know, it's gotten all this wonderful acclaim. Uh, And now looking back on it, that was our pandemic. I mean, the the, lake song is the sound of seven people and our artistic comrades surviving a plague together.
0: That's amazing. So we've got five episodes already released. How many left? What
2: are we at? Twelve? Yeah, right. Twelve in total. total. Do the math. I'm a journalist, not a mathematician. There's been so many (laughs) iterations, folks. (laughs) Yeah, there's been so many iterations and expansions and contractions, and that's kind of the magic of of building, you know, new narratives. Is that you got to let it be what it's going to be, and it teaches you along the way. So, so we've we've had a lot of experimentation. Um, and good stuff. uh, Misha Fixel has been a huge component in in creating that world, that Sonic world. We'll have. to leave it there. Thank you, folks. Lake Song. Check it out. Thanks so much. Thank you.